0: Good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 253. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with this show today, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube. YouTube.com slash PSS is awesome. And if you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at Anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at Jakesaw01. As always, you can write us at This is awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Make sure you leave comments, rate the podcast as you see fit. All that stuff helps with the algorithms to get our podcast into more ears. Speaking of ears, you can use your eyes. We have a video podcast as well, which is what you're listening to. But if you prefer to watch podcasts or shows, you can go check out all the fancy-dancy stuff that we have going on in our YouTube channel. And for new and or long-time listeners, you guys know, but some people might not know, we have a Patreon. And you can support our show for $1 a month at the one and only one dollar club. So you can go to patreon.com slash PS is awesome to throw a little bit of thanks our way. And then we will also send you a free die cut vinyl sticker if you do that and give you a shout out on the show. With that out of the way, Jake, how are you doing? I feel a little woozy because
1: I've been uh varnishing. The stair railing oh. for my for my first to second floor, mm-hmm. and since it's like freaking twenty degrees outside, I don't want to have all of the windows to the house open. Yeah, so um, I've been leaving one window open by, that's on the stairs to leave to like try to get some of that out. But uh, needless to say, I'm still kind of huffing a little bit, but because it's oil based varnish, uh, but yeah. That said, other than that, I'm feeling pretty good for uh, for Saturday, I suppose.
0: Yeah. I have an awesome story for the listeners and for you. And uh, I get, I enjoy the thrill of the hunt when it comes to finding rare things in stores or things that are hard to get, right? I enjoy that. I, I get that with my G.I. Joe figures and, you know, getting exclusive shit once in a while is fun. But something monumental occurred, and uh, I don't know, Jake. You're not probably a big reader. I'm not a big reader. I don't read a lot, you know? But my book collection con- consists of fantasy novels, like the Lone Wolf novels, maybe some uh, – now I have one Warhammer book, maybe some Mark Twain, some of the – you know, maybe a couple books on music. And, and then it has – Cormac McCarthy's entire book collection because he's just – he's the best. He wrote The Road, No Country for Old Men. He has uh, The Orchard Keeper, Child of God. He does Sutri, which is amazing, The Border Trilogy. This guy is uh, essentially arguably – he's 89 years old. He's a known recluse, right? He's very reclusive. He's only – he only has three interviews – and I think one of them's with Oprah, and then the other two recently surfaced. He's really – I guess he's really personally interested in physics, and he has a residency at the uh, Santa Fe Institute. So he's been hanging out there in a little office, and he put out a book 16 and a half years ago, and that was the last we had seen from him. And uh, he's not ever in the public eye, but he is – wildly regarded as one of the greats right and he's still with us which is like a really big deal so 16 years pass this past November he releases another novel called The Passenger which apparently he had had at the publishing company just sitting there for whatever reason he didn't want it released until recently and he had written a companion book to it called Stella Maris which just came out this past Tuesday and if you're a fan of McCarthy, whether you like or dislike the book, it's it's a big deal in the literary circles because this guy is just so well uh, – such a great author. So these two books are being now sold as a set, right? And as a promotion piece, Cormac McCarthy, which he has done with some of his first, uh, first pressings – has signed several of these books, right? He, But you have to buy them in the set. Now, I already had like each individual book on pre-order from Amazon. I'm 200 pages into The Passenger. I don't talk a lot about this kind of stuff, but um, I'm a big fan of his. And uh, I was on Reddit about two days ago. Now, now the set came out on Tuesday because both books had to have been released for the set to be offered because one released in November. The other one comes out came out just this past Tuesday. So here's the crazy thing of it. I'm on Reddit and someone posts – I didn't even know it was a thing. I didn't know that he was signing books and they were out in the wild. No clue. He doesn't do book readings. He doesn't do public book signings. You can't fucking get anything signed from this guy unless you're lucky. So he's 89. This could be his last book. And uh, someone posts on Reddit that that they had a signed copy of this that they picked up at a Barnes & Noble's. And everyone is just going like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like, are you serious?" And like, it turns out that some Barnes and Nobles across the U.S. had gotten a signed set of *The Passenger* and *Stella Maris*, with only one of the books being signed. But it's in cellophane. So the way that this works, uh, the inner what it is is Cormac McCarthy was sent blank pages, right? Book pages. And he signs them, and then when they make these special books, they bind that page into the beginning of the book, and it's the first pressing. And then you get a book with his signature on it in it. So it's not like he's lugging around maybe a thousand books. You know, he's eighty nine years old. He's not. So they send him these, and he does this. And uh, the rumor is is that he signed three hundred copies of his book, The Road, and gave it to his son, um, so that it adds value to his estate when he passes. And I can't imagine what those are going to be fucking worth. But I'll say this. A signed copy of Sutri right now goes for $15,000. So two days ago, I tell Chelsea about this and she goes, you're really going to think that they're going to check it Barnes and Nobles if they have a, a signed copy of his book? Like she said, that's a ridiculous thing to even call and ask them because there's a Barnes and Nobles in Erie, Pennsylvania. And I'm like, yeah. And if it's there, I'm sure it's gone. So a day comes and goes, yesterday I'm recording vocals for one of my land, and Chelsea sends a text, and she says, hey, come on upstairs. Let's let's order some pizza for dinner. And I was like, yeah, that sounds fine. So while she's ordering pizza for dinner at Pizza Hut, I jump on Reddit, and this guy writes, and he goes, I found a copy at Barnes & Nobles. Be vigilant, because you never know who might have it. So I, ju- I go out to my car. And I get in the car and I call Barnes and Nobles in Erie and I go, hey, I said, as I'm driving a piece, I said, hey, this is kind of a weird ask, but like, is there any chance that you have a signed McCarthy novel up there? And she goes, you mean the new one he just released? I said, yeah. She goes, well, we do have the we do have the box set and I know that we got one of them was signed. She goes and I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And, and she's like, yeah, let me see if we still have it. She goes, I can't imagine we do. And she's like, yeah, it's still here, actually. And I'm like, can I buy it? And she's like, uh, yeah, yeah, but you have to be a member of the Barnes and Nobles book club. I'm like, what's that cost? And she's like, twenty five bucks. I'm like, sign me up. Let's do it. Let's get a signed McCarthy. If I get a fuck signed McCarthy, it's amazing. And she's like, Well, you gotta do it in person. And for those who don't know, Erie's like a 40 minute drive. And it's like 7 30, and I'm on my way to Pizza Hut in in our town. And she's like, well, we close at nine o'clock. And I know this Reddit post just dropped where this guy's like, be vigilant. And I'm like, fuck, Erie County has like over a hundred thousand people, you know, all the all the colleges, all the literary circles, all the book club people. Like, there's no way I'm gonna get my hands on this before the end of the night. So <clears throat> I get the pizza, I drop it off, and I tell Chelsea I'm driving to Barnes and Nobles right the fuck now. Because I know the value of this thing. And uh, it's priceless to me, but I know the value. So I I, beat, I go like 85 miles an hour to Erie. I'm I'm just praying I don't get pulled over because that would just throw – I wouldn't be able to make. So I get up there. I walk into Barnes and & Noble's, and there's like three or four people in front of me. And I'm like, any of these people could just ask for the book if it's not gone already, and then I'm, I'm screwed. you know. And I'm just waiting. I'm like, they don't understand what they have here. Like, this is ridiculous. And uh, it sat there since Tuesday. It sat there since Tuesday – and I got it on Friday. So I get to the counter and I go, hey, I was the guy who called about the the signed McCarthy book here. And she goes, oh, that was you. She goes, yep, I've got it right here. And she pulls out the, the, the set and it's still in cellophane and it has the sticker on it that says signed copy. And I'm just like, I'm like, okay, let's do this. And she goes, I'm so glad you showed up when you did because we have another gentleman on the phone right now who's trying to get us to hold it for him. And I told him the same thing I told you, but he actually is a member right now. So technically we probably could have held it for him, but I knew you were coming up from Meadville. So I. she, she goes, he's on hold. Hold on one second. She goes, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, they did decide to purchase the book. And then she goes, oh, he hung up on me. And I'm like, yes,
1: this is unbelievable.
0: So I walked out of there with a signed... A signed McCarthy book. I paid like seventy bucks for it. You can't get them for cheaper than a thousand dollars right now. So, so what's interesting to me is like now, what do you do with it? Because it's probably more valuable unopened. Well, I have I have the books already to read. I have individual copies, so I have it just cellophane wrapped up the set and like. I guess you keep but it. It'd be cool it would be cool to look at it though. He, I know, I know. I want to <laughs> see his, I want to see his signature and be like this is it. But if you take the cellophane off then it I don't know that any collector would truly fucking care because the thing is is he only signed so it's two books. He only signed only one of them is signed and it could be either or. So some people are really being vigilant and they're going out and trying to find one of each, you know, so they're going to have say I've got both of them signed. But like it is so rare. It is such a rarity to have his signature on fucking anything, and he is like a Steinbeck or a Faulkner, or like you know uh, he's up there. I and mean, as soon as he dies, man, I I didn't get it to turn a profit on it. Like I said, I have every book he's ever written already, but to have a signed McCarthy in my collection, just my mind is still shell shocked. I'm just like, this is fucking insane that it's upstairs on my dinner table right now. Like I can't believe it. He's like one of America, cool. yeah, one of America's best authors ever. That we've ever churned out. And uh, so rad. So it's like probably my most prized piece out of all of my collection stuff. I mean, I have some really cool huh. G.I. Joe shit, but that's that's next to, I mean, unbelievable. So Wow, that's neat. Yeah, super cool. thought I'd share that with listeners because I'm just going, I'm just still just gobstopped about the whole thing. Like, I, just, I can't believe that I... How many? And when I went there, dude, there, Barnes and Nobles was packed, full of people in their in their hip hipster scarves and their fucking tiny glasses, like walking around. And I'm just like, dude, you guys have no clue what you're, what's fucking in here right now. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Unreal. Anyways, um, yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. What what are uh what are you playing, Jake? Let's talk about games we're playing. Um, I'm just uh, still on cloud nine.
1: Um, I, well, I'm still playing God of War. I'm like, I don't know. I gotta be like 30 hours into it at this point. I, yeah. I'm probably getting somewhere near the end of the game. At least it feels kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of took a break because I've been playing the, I played the first spoken demo that came out. Yeah, me too. They announced it at, at the uh, game awards or whatever. And so
0: we'll talk about that. I
1: played that for a bit and, uh, I, don't know how I feel about it. I'm like really conflicted about it because, um, basically, visually, it looks kind of like I expected it to just based on all of what we've seen. Mm-hmm. Visually, it's awesome. Like, I love the style of it and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't like the controls, I don't like the way the game controls. It's It controls really sluggishly. I don't know why, especially jumping from God of War, which people typically associate God of War with a very kind of like weighty, kind of tanky feel to him. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, like unless you're doing, unless you're like running in parkour mode, like Assassin's Creed style, the Frey kind of when she's like transitioning back and forth feels very sluggish. I don't know if it's like they try to do too much with animations or. Or what, but like it is just a something demo about right now, but yeah. it, yeah, yeah, like it doesn't feel very snappy to me like there's something about it that just doesn't feel snappy and but I do kind of like what's going on with the gameplay there's there's they basically drop you in with like a shitload of abilities and so it's kind of overwhelming to switch between them all and yeah. figure out what the hell's going on like I feel like if you like, I've only played it for an hour, so I'm still kind of fresh. I feel like if you started from the beginning and you kind of build your way up, like, it probably wouldn't seem so overwhelming at first. But I keep I keep pressing, like, R1 and L1 for attacks and stuff. But those are just the fucking weapon wheels, which to me is super annoying. Dude, they, like, I don't... Yeah. Like just because I'm playing God of War, and, like, that's, like, how you play God of War. Is like, in most games, if they use the triggers for attack like L1 is or like R1 is light attack and R2 is heavy attack that's just normal yeah. if you're using the triggers but in this game R1 is the 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 weapon wheel for your your R2 attack and L1 is your weapon wheel for your L2 attack and it's just
0: it's And you got to play I'm not saying you, you got to press L1 and R1 at the same time and slide to pick a different move set to pick a different move set I'm not I, I don't want to sit here and
1: say that it's bad I'm just saying that I'm not used to it, and it's and it's throwing me off, and I don't particularly care for it like I want there to be just a melee attack, and there doesn't appear to be one. It's like you use an ability or you don't like you use an ability or you don't attack like i want I want to be able to just kind of rush forward and punch a guy in the face and not have to like be charging some ability or something like that, yeah, but there's no there's no like just regular attack, there's no like regular block. As far as I can tell. I mean maybe there's a way to do it and I just don't know what I'm doing. They don't cover it in the tutorial um, if there is. But I will say the game is is really pretty. I like the – there's something about the atmosphere of the game, the, the music, the whimsical nature of it. It gives me kind of like Fable vibes a little bit and it was yeah. like hitting me in the right spot while I was playing it. Wow. But there's one thing that I will say is that – they need to put a fucking option in the menu to, like, turn the goddamn dialogue off because between her and whatever the fucking thing is she's talking to, which they don't explain, they, they don't shut up. Every time you, like, jump or every time you attack something, yeah. there's a comment. There's a conversation back and forth, like, to the point where, like, they're repeating stuff. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here? And it's like this – it's like if – it's like if some, you know – Chinese writers made a knockoff of, like, Marvel quirkiness. Like, if that makes any sense, where they, like, they make all those quips about, like, you know, when they're in the heat of battle, it's like, you know, I don't know. I I, I don't really know how to describe it. But, like, how, like, the, you know, Tony Stark has, like, the snarkiness when he's, like, in battle or whatever. And it's, like, that, but... Some like knockoff version of it where they didn't really understand what they were doing. They were just trying to mimic it, right. and it like comes off as campy and like kind of a little bit cringy. And I don't want to say a lot of bit cringy, but I I don't think that would bother me so much if it wasn't fucking relentless. It's relentless. Yeah. She doesn't shut up the whole time you're running around. I don't know if you had this experience or not. Yeah, I can. But this was like my biggest problem with I can it. It feel was you
0: that. Yeah,
1: It was that and like I don't know what the fuck is going on with the UI in this game. It's like you go into like the – you press the touchpad and it brings up like your objective list. But it's like all the fish-eyed and shit and like – dude, I don't know what is going on with like the UI design and the fucking dialogue. But everything else I like.
0: I, I've, I've been enjoying everything else about it pretty much. Yeah. So So my experience – is that I don't feel like the game is exactly what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be just a scotch, more story, and it probably is story driven. But it just it, it really is a uh, a map for people who like to probably be just completionists and want to just fucking do everything they can. And it didn't seem like the things in the tutorial that you were doing or in the demo that you're doing seem to even fucking matter there's like little monster boxes that you go in and you fight you know you encounter like a group of alligators or something you can kill them and then when you kill them all you get some sort of reward for it but like the combat i think is so shitty like i still don't know what square triangle or circle do well i know what circle does i don't know what x jumps but like why they're not using utilizing square and triangle for maybe some of the move sets because in order to like change between whether you want to use uh, a shotgun mode, or for your for your projectile shooting ability, or you want to do like machine gun mode, or like sniper mode, you have to press R one and select it from the weapon wheel, and then go in and go back to the combat. And it's like I want to be able to quickly change between those things, and the game doesn't offer that. And then if you want to use different spells, and that means that you can use a sword, a fiery sword. I think some of the spells you get with the flame thing were really cool. Like the one that I really really liked was uh, the circle of fire. That you can cast. That's awesome. Um, I don't know if I saw that one. And then... The, but I, I did like... I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I said like the Legion is really cool where you get the fire elementals that, that will fight by your side. That's kind of neat. The ideas are sound. And I think the the different spells, different movesets, all that stuff is cool. I think the controls are just garbage. And I think based on the demo, and I think that the map and uh, like you said, like the, the, the UI... I I bought a new skill set. Um but it took me probably 5 minutes to figure out how to do it because it it was like it's like oh you can purchase new skills in the menu and I go to the menu and it's just this fucking branching tree and I didn't understand like what to click all on, this like what's... lightning
1: everywhere it's like fucking weird. It's I
0: I don't so bad.
1: The UI is so the UI is
0: so bad, but I will
1: say I think a lot of the combat – like the issues that you have with combat, I feel like if they just remedied the control system, it would be actually really fun. Like I think that – like you have the two – there's like whose abilities do you want to use, Frey's or like Steve's? I don't know what the fuck the other thing is. Yeah, I I assume it's the thing she's talking to. I don't know if it's like – I don't know if it's like that thing that's on her wrist, like has something in a spirit or something that she's talking to or whatever. But uh, so – but I was thinking a lot of games will do this where it's like, OK, you have like a favorites menu where it's like doesn't matter what skill set it is. You can choose like three abilities and they, you can quick change between them
2: mm-hmm.
1: with like, you know, maybe the arrow keys or maybe just tap triangle and it cycles between them. And then if you want the minutiae, you can use the weapon wheels to select all of the abilities. Right. If they just did something like that. Where you could just snap between abilities, and maybe just allowed you to maybe remap the the shit a little bit, so that you can use different buttons to attack and stuff. Like, because I would love, for example, if they did it like Diablo style, where um, like the the fire ability where you have like the fire sword thing, where it's just a basic melee attack where you're just like swinging the sword or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's just like is like a rod of fire. I don't know what the fuck it's called, but uh, if you could like, let's say. Bind that to square, and then you could bind like the machine gun ability to R two, like and your you go to
0: ab- ones that you want to use.
1: Yeah, and you could bind like the I don't know, let's say like the 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 fire spirit ability to like triangle, and then instead of having to switch between all of these, you could just run up to a group of enemies and just tap square if you want to like hit them with the fucking melee attack, and then you could jump back and just pull the trigger with R two and shoot right. your. You know, your melee we- or your machine gun weapon or whatever. Like, if th- like if they just made the controls better, I think the game would be really fun to play.
0: Yeah, switching between the weapons. And I like the versatility of having all the different spells and stuff. But, like, you know, not only for the, for the regular attacks do you have all that shit to deal with, but you have the exact same fucking wheels for the spells. And it's just like, you know, use the D-pad or some shit. Like, why can't you use the D-pad? Like, or why can't you swipe on the touchpad to fucking change shit? Maybe you can. Maybe I, maybe I missed it somewhere, but as it stands, man, this is not a buy for me. I, if that combat's like that, there's no way, there's no way I'm gonna enjoy it because I don't know how many times I'm just fucking just jamming shit and I can't figure out like what I'm even, what spell I'm on, what cast is on, like what, what, uh, I don't know, like, like the, the fact that to change from like, close range to long range requires you to number 1 make sure you have that selected but then you have to push L1 and R1 and then use the thumb the the analog stick swipe it over to switch to the new spell set and then make sure that your sword selected it's just four steps too many like it's it's way too many it's ridiculous
1: and, and i don't even think it pauses when you go into no, the weapon no it doesn't you know, it I think doesn't it, it just slows down a little maybe mm-hmm. but like Dude, if I got to do all this shit just to switch to a specific ability that I want, if I want like the fucking machine gun and then I want to go to the fire sword, it's like you said, you've got to like kind of run away and think about how to L1 and R1, you know, go to the left to, to switch to the fire abilities then hold down r1 by itself select the fucking sword yeah and then now i can use r2 and just hope to that you attack. have a good
0: spell already equipped for that for that yeah set. It's, it's just it, i don't know it's so frustrating it because doesn't i make sense.
1: I, yeah but i do i do honestly feel like if they could make the controls better so that you don't have to do all of this monkeying around mm-hmm. to to play the game that I, I do think it would be a lot of fun and i i I'm not going to sit here and say that it's going it, to it, – let's say that they come out and they're like, we fixed the controls. They're perfect now. There's nothing to complain about. Would it still be a day one purchase for me? Probably not yeah, me unless I saw some some something else about it that would lean me towards it. But it would definitely be like a first wave sale kind of purchase. Like a $30 maybe. Yeah, like a, I'd pay 30 or 40 bucks for it as long as I could get the uh, – you know, get the controls figured you know, out. I can play it the way I want, you know, and I'm not freaking trying to do a juggling act just to switch between two
0: weapons and a game. that's so primarily focused on those things. That's the selling point is all the cool move attacks and like, or the attack. Moves they look the cool as shit. Too. Yeah. They're really neat. The creative, um, the ability just to cast fire elementals to help you fight and like plants that wrap up and bind enemies that you can just like then attack them long range. Like it's really cool, but the implementation of it is terrible. So, I know that the team that did this was the
1: team that did Final Fantasy 15, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people might have had issues some with the way that the open world and also the way that the combat worked a little bit with Final Fantasy 15, mm-hmm. and I think that some of that might have bled into this game. And but I will say that like you know, I'll reiterate. I think that visually, this game is really interesting and unique. And like the the abilities look really cool. Yeah. Like I love the way that uh, she has that ability to like. Did you use the um, the grappling hook thing? I don't think did so. Did you figure that out? No. So you know, like when you're when you're running along on the cliffside, sometimes there'll be those like glowing rock outcroppings. Yeah. Those yellow. ones. So yeah. if you if you hold tr- square down. It will like slow down and you can target on one of those and when you release, she'll shoot out like a grappling hook, grab it and launch herself up into the air. Oh, that's cool. So you can like – so you can travel up like the cliff face by – Nice. You know, essentially going between these
0: things to get to the top. Yeah, because it took me like 10 minutes to climb a cliff recently and I was just like –
1: Yeah, so – but they don't tell you that, right? right? I'm sure maybe in the – if you played the real game at the beginning, sure they would show you that. But like – It's just a demo right now. I spent – and then I did notice that like the uh, – so I played the game. It starts out in – what do they call? Quality mode or whatever. Yes. And uh, dude, I cannot fucking tolerate the frames anymore. It was, it was I, I can't do it. So I switched it over to performance mode, which looks like it's – I don't know if it's a full 60, but it's it's definitely a lot did you better go 120? than one twenty frames. I did enable the 120 hertz mode. Because uh, my TV does have true 120 hertz, yep, and too, yeah. it does look it does look pretty good. Now I will say that, um, and and maybe I just don't have a good TV. I don't know, but dude, when I switch between quality mode and performance mode, I literally cannot tell the difference visually. And I don't like, but it's I, you, I dude,
0: purposefully, it's, it's you,
1: dude. I purposefully bought a TV. But you, you like a lot of people fucking sit way too close to a TV that's way too big. Don't for the Don't make this that a me problem. So <laughs> no, I'm saying that if you were in a room, if if you were if you appropriately sized your TV to your room, right. I don't mean you personally. I just TV, yeah. mean generally. There's a certain most distance. people most people buy TVs that are too big for the room that they're in, and so. I'm, maybe my TV's a little too small, but I have a 55-inch TV and I'm sitting like eight feet away from it, which is like the normal sort of ratio mm. you're supposed to go by. And the only thing that it seems like they drop between quality mode and performance mode is resolution. And with my TV, because I'm so far away, I can't really tell the difference. And ray tracing, which I think is only going to really make a big difference if you're in like a low light transitional light sort of scenario where there's a lot of shadows and things like that. I might notice a difference there. But what I was disappointed about was that I saw they had a ray tracing mode. They had a quality mode, a ray tracing mode, and a performance mode. And I thought maybe the ray tracing mode would be like Ratchet and Clank, how they have – In between, yeah. No, they have basically like the high frame rate but with ray tracing. But whenever I turn ray tracing on, it's just as fucking slow as the quality mode. There's no So I was just like yeah, so I was just like, screw it, you know, I'm just gonna play in performance mode. Anyway, I guess my rant's over. But I will say, I do think that people should play it. Because I think that it's there's something cool about it. I think if enough people play the demo and bitch about the controls, maybe they'll just fix them and then we won't then it'll be definitely worth playing after that. You know, yeah. I, I think that if if people can I'm pretty good at like when the first trailer came out, you remember how everybody was, was, uh, was dunking on this game for like the dialogue and the trailers yeah. and stuff? I'm pretty good about like – I don't know if you want to call it suspension of disbelief or whatever, but like it, it doesn't really necessarily apply. But the idea of just like kind of – Playing through the cheese. Like, it doesn't really bother me when characters say stupid stuff. It's a video game. Like, I don't, like, I'm not, if it was The Last of Us mm-hmm. and Ellie was like, whoa, like, I would be like, okay, that's, that's a little like off brand. Yeah. But, but this is, you know, kind of a campy sort of story anyway. So it doesn't really bother me. But, dude, they need to dial back the frequency of the conversation while you're running around the world. That's yeah. the only thing that I have to say about that. Well, it's fun that we but got,
0: it's fun that we had something to talk about for games we're playing that's relatively new. And that was announced at the Game Awards, which we're going to get to later. We're going to talk about that in a little bit here on the show. But um, are- we could literally – I mean I don't know how much yeah. – I'm sorry. I didn't mean to
1: interrupt you. Um, I don't know how much of this stuff that's in the, the regular news that you want to kind of blow through. Oh,
0: we're going to blow through the regular but- news pretty quick. Um, for sure. I was gonna say
1: because because we could spend a whole episode on just the game. That's wars. where the facts going to be. Of shit. Yeah. So yeah. okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. No,
0: you're good. You're good. Um, but yeah, so that that's that. That's what I've. Uh, I just finished that up, and I'm still playing Warzone here and there, and then God of War Ragnarok. I also have not beaten that. I. Um, Did you see? So I I didn't. I'm sorry. Uh, since you're
1: just because yeah. you're playing Warzone, I wanted to ask. They. I saw that they announced the first ever raids for Call of Duty. Yeah. Do you know – is that in Warzone or is that in regular Modern Warfare 2?
0: I don't – I don't think – I think it's regular Call of Duty. I don't think those are included in Warzone. Okay, So I was going to say like being
1: an online – being a semi-online guy, that's something you'd probably really like. I think I would love it. And – especially if you can get a few people to play with you yeah i just didn't know because i just wanted to because if you know you were playing warzone you commented on it. i wanted to touch on it before we moved on yeah
0: i got a group of people yeah so we'll see i mean if it's a if it's a warzone feature man i'm sure the four of us would like to jump in and give it a whirl um especially if you have a group of people that you can communicate with and play with yeah i like the idea of that especially in the call of duty world where it's a little more military based um yeah, God of War, Wagon Rock, uh, I've got to be so close to the ending. I just set it down for a bit, and it's, you got to be in the right mindset to play it. Um, but yeah, so that's games we're playing. I want to dive into some quick listener feedback before we get on with the news and talk about the Game Awards for today's show. Um, the first thing, Jake, we were talking about snowboarding games last episode, and uh, one Black Talon wrote in, and indicated that he believes, or she believes, I think it's a dude, but they believe that there is snowboarding in Riders Republic. And uh, I believe so. And, I think you're right. I think I, you sent me a message about that. Yeah, and then I said, yeah, this is the game I think Jake was struggling with, and he said, no, um, I think Jake said steep, but I haven't played Riders Republic, but both by Ubisoft, but Riders Republic is only $15. Bucks. Um, both have snowboarding. Thanks for the podcast. So you are welcome, and uh, played by Ken Wrightson, and, and he was upset that I botched the question on the, the quiz last episode. He writes in, oh, Fred, what did you do? Why did you change your answer on that quiz? You had it and threw it away. It's the last second. I let out an audible no. <laughs> Great stuff again, guys. Nearly forgot to leave a comment for your algorithms. We're trying to help out the podcast despite having listened earlier this week. But better late than never, right? I wonder what you guys will make of the game awards. The wife and I watched it last night. The low point, as always, was all those damn trailers with the caption, not actual gameplay. And there were a lot of them struggling to think of many highlights. So I did write them back and uh, we'll get into maybe a little bit more of our conversation. We start discussing the Game Awards, what I wrote back, play by Ken. But that is the feedback that we've had. And let's just jump right into the news for the week. And I don't want to say it's lackluster, but the big the big topic, like we said earlier, is going to be the Game Awards. So the first thing is is that Monster Hunter Rise will only be available digitally on the PS5 and PS4. So there's going to be no physical version of that game when it gets ported. It's a Nintendo Switch and PC port. So Monster Hunter fans who listen to the show, I think we have a few. Rise, you're only going to be able to get a digital copy, which I think Jake is probably more than fine with. Uh I wonder if that's going to be more of a thing. Well, like, that—that's kind of
1: why I included I, it. Yeah, I—I I, like. I know that. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, it was a a PC game first, I think. I think it was on Switch, but it was also on PC. And PC doesn't do anything physical anymore. So maybe like because it was there first, they were just like, "Fuck it, let's just make it digital only on console too, and see what happens. We don't have to pay distribution fees or anything like that." Yeah, and. Maybe that's going to be a thing. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I like you said, I, I don't really have a problem with this. But other people might. I can understand that.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, the next news point, and we're going to talk more about this game here in a minute. But uh, the Star Wars Jedi Survivor now has a release date of three sixteen twenty three. So, we got a solid release date for that game. I think that was announced at the Game Awards, which we'll be talking more about the trailer and more on that in a minute. And then the next thing involves God of War Ragnarok. Um is this game did not ship out with a photo mode. And I thought that was weird because I had been actively trying to find it. And I'm like, either there isn't one or I just can't. I'm a fucking idiot. But apparently the photo mode has now been implemented in recent patch 3.0. And uh, it's going to include some updates to quests and different issues with progressions of skills and whatnot. Did you know it didn't have a photo mode? No,
1: but I I don't really use photo mode very often, at least not in a game like God of War. I I use it more in like the open world stuff like Horizon and shit like that. Mm -hmm. But even then I'll I'll put like – I'll take like one or two photos in a 50-hour game. It's not like a big thing for me unless something – I used it a lot in Red Dead because of like weird shit would happen and I would just take pictures of it. But with the Sony stuff, you usually don't have that many like – funny things happening it's usually relatively serious so anyway but no I didn't I did not know that
0: yeah I still I still uh, lament about the day that I lost my horse in Red Dead 2 fucking ridiculous I had the horse the whole game you remember the story and, yeah, I, and i went yeah. to rob a fucking train and the train was going over a bridge and the horse just kept running by my side loyally and just went right off the cliff <laughs> and it just as it fell and i'm like on the fucking train like trying to figure out how to save him i didn't get to him in time uh like fucking 40 50 hours of fucking me and that horse just being cool friends um the next the next news point and this one's interesting actually and, uh, you know, I, I'm just, I have a renewed interest in this game because I've played it on PS5 recently. And it's just that Cyberpunk was supposed to be getting a multiplayer mode. And I had forgotten that they, they had discussed this. But in a recent report from Eurogamer, um, they indicate that that multi, multiplayer mode was actually scrapped after their really bad release. And CD Projekt Red had to uh, kind of redelegate the work to the developers to making the game actually work after it got released so all the people that were supposed to be working on the multiplayer player got sucked into just fixing the fucking regular game so and we'll discuss the Phantom Liberty downloadable content when we get to our discussion about uh, what they showed at the Game Awards but as a side note if you haven't picked up Cyberpunk 2077 after Phantom Liberty releases they did say that they're going to release a Game of the Year version of the game, so uh, if you want to get essentially probably Phantom Liberty included with the purchase of the regular game, just wait until Phantom <laughs> Liberty comes out. It sounds like, and you could just scoop it all up for the Game of the Year version, um, which is usually never more expensive than the regular version. I don't mm. know. What do you think of that? Um. Well, first of all, I think it was freaking stupid
1: for them to even think about doing a multiplayer mode before the game proper was actually fucking functional. But uh, I don't know. The the cyberpunk story, it's come back. It's been better. People have been really liking it. And to be fair, I really liked it when I played it. Um, But I think it's just one of those things where a studio bites off more than they can chew And rather than coming out with a just solid fucking game and then adding features on afterwards as DLC or you can even make it paid content or whatever, they just decided to try to do it all at once and came out with a broke-ass game. Now, I do admit that it's kind of nice that they decided for Phantom Liberty to just say, fuck it, this is PS5, Xbox series only, Mm -hmm. PC. There's no last-gen consoles involved in this. So if you bought the PS4 version or the Xbox One version Cyberpunk. of Cyberpunk, you're, you're SOL for the, the, DLC. the DLC, which is which sucks for them, I admit. but It's the right call. Point, dude, at this point, if you want, dude, you can buy a fucking – like let's say that the lowest barrier of entry to the newest generation is go buy a fucking Xbox Series S. They're, they're $250 right now. Mm. And you could you could play this game yeah. on the new new generation hardware. Yeah, it's not as good as the Series X, but it does almost everything almost as well, and it's half the size. Right. So, and th- this is a PlayStation podcast. I obviously, if you can get a PS5, buy a PS5. But if price is a barrier, the Series S is half the price.
0: Right. And then, if you want to play this, and then honestly, if you don't have that kind of money and you have seventy five dollars, go find the Cormac McCarthy signed novel, buy it for seventy five dollars, and sell it on eBay for a thousand right now. And then you'll be good. And, and buy a PS. And buy, buy a two PS5. PS5. <laughs> By, yeah, buy two PS5. <laughs> or just hang on to that fucking book because it's treasure. Um. Anyways, uh, next next fucking news point. Moving forward, Grand Theft Auto Online has. Uh, oh, I wrote forty one. I meant to wrote forty seven. Forty one. Sorry, Grand Theft Auto Online. I went full tilt on GTA Online for a while this year. Uh, I finally got my character into the Red Dead or into the Dr. Trey missions, and uh, I never finished them. I need to go back to it. But GTA Online is getting an update to include ray traced reflections in the online mode um, for Mm -hmm. their Fidelity switch. Uh, So if you're playing online in Fidelity, um, I don't know why you would, you get ray traced. And uh, the ability to filter contacts quicker is also being introduced, which would be nice. And I believe the game economy is also getting an update, which I don't really care about. But they're talking about like the shark cards where you actually pay real money to get in-game currency. They're making that a little more justifiable. So that being said, I know, Jake, you don't really play any of that. So you probably don't have much to say about that. We'll move on to the next point because we've got the Game Awards to talk about. The next one is I've seen a few videos recently. Um, if you're I- interested at all about what's going on behind the curtain at game developers, Massive Entertainment has some really nice uh, videos on their YouTube channel just about what it's like to work there. Um, a few popped up recently, and now we have one from the Fire Sprite developer uh, that Sony has. Um, it's some sort of profile video. And Guerrilla Games also has a recent video up about their Amsterdam office. So it's just hmm. kind of neat to take a peek be- – Behind the curtain to see what it's like in a game development studio and see some of the roles and just kind of hear them talk from the perspective of being like an employee at one of these places. So, just for the listeners, if you want a glimpse into—I uh, don't know—into the magic trick, so to speak. If you want to know how the magic trick's done, um, maybe ruin the panache for yourself. But it's kind of cool, you know. If you're a responsible adult, you're looking for a job change. I think that there's always. Positions available at these places, and you don't have to be a developer. I mean, Christ, you could be an HR person, or you could be like a you know, some sort of uh, timekeeper, or I'm sure you could be like PR um you could be quality control quality testing you know all that stuff like be freaking accountant if you yeah, want <laughs> just be involved in you could do a just lot. yeah just to be involved in video games if that's what you like you could you could probably land a job with one of these companies if you're willing to make a move and so anyways if you're interested in any of that you can check those videos out they're on the youtube channels for all those different studios and uh moving forward um i've been on the fence About uh, Moss Book 2, which is the second version or the second uh, installment of Moss. um, About picking it up on PSVR. Because I'm like, maybe it's going to come to VR too. Because that game got done dirty by Sony. Like, it released. And uh, I think it sold terribly. But I, I bet you it's an amazing game. So, it's a sequel to Moss. And it was announced... That the game, after all, hasn't been done dirty. Uh, both Moss and Moss Book 2 will be making their way to PSVR 2, which is great news because I loved the mm-hmm. first one. Um, you'll be able to purchase them both as a uh, collection for $35 on the PSN. In fact, I think they're on sale right now there. And then the first, you can get Moss Book 1 for PSVR 2 for $17.99, and you can get Moss Book 2 for $26.99 as independent games. And that's awesome. The only bummer news is, is that if you're like me and you currently own the regular PSVR version of Moss, they're not giving free upgrades. And that decision is entirely up to each developer and studio who are responsible for making these games. And I believe the developer from Moss came out and just indicated, you know, to, to get these to get the original Moss to work on the PSVR 2 required a lot of resources and time, and we need to make some of that back. So um, mm-hmm. that's fair. That's a fair answer. I mean, it, it's... It makes sense. You know, it adds up. I don't know if the bundle will still be $35
1: for PSVR 2.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh,
1: But if it is, that's a great deal. I mean, I might pick that up because I I always wanted to play the first one, but I just fucking hate hooking up my PSVR. Oh, it's fucking fantastic. And now that I've got my VR 2 on pre-order, I'm going to want shit to play when it comes. So Mm -hmm. this seems like a perfect opportunity to get both of
0: those games and just kind of. Pound them both out. Really good price. I think that is the price right now for the VR2 versions. I think you can get them Oh, right really? Now. Nice. Yeah. I think they're on sale 10% off right now. Um, if my memory serves me correctly and it, it might not actually, but I'm pretty sure. Um, so the next news point is, sorry, folks, I'm t- writing while I'm talking. Um, we're going to talk about this this series but not this game that warhammer 40,000 dark tide game Jake it looks awesome digital foundry foundry did a little review on it uh our, we should get this and just fucking squad up with our listeners and just play warhammer 40,000 dark tide it would be so it looks awesome
1: it looks awesome i if i could uh play it without paying for it that would be great cuz i'm not going to I'm not gonna like it. Would be like maybe like a couple times I might play it because I'm just not an online gamer. Yeah. But it looks like visually, it looks fucking dope. I mean, even Vermintide looked fucking awesome, but it was a it was a squad based multiplayer game. Yeah. So I think this one looks cool. I with just never got into. It. Oh sure, yeah. I think this one's a little bit more uh, a little bit more gun based. Vermintide was a little bit more like medieval fucking melee weapons and shit like that. Yep. So um, Warhammer is just a, a dope sprawling universe with just so much lore and shit that they could just make almost any kind of game they want and put the freaking Warhammer tag on it. Yeah. But uh, this game does look really good. I did watch a few stuff, a few trailers.
0: I just wish that they had like an awesome single player campaign with this because that would be, that would be a no brainer for me. But yeah, the fact that it's online, I agree. But every time I see anything about it, I'm just like, I fucking want to be involved in this somehow, (laughs) but I just, I don't have the people to play it with. Um, I'm sure I could find some randos, but I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of shy. So anyways, next news point, as I mentioned on the last podcast, we had a listener write in about Microsoft offering Sony a 10 year call of duty deal. And it was offered recently to Nintendo who did sign that agreement. They took them up on the deal. This is if they acquire Activision blizzard, um, and then they, of they course, did, they fucking
1: signed it. What's that? There is no, of course, they signed it. There is no Call of Duty on Nintendo right now. Why
0: wouldn't they fucking sign it? So, but uh, yeah, so so I guess as it stands, um, they also openly offered this 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 to this Sony. And uh, a follow up to all of this is that the the Federal Trade Commission are looking to block the acquisition. They're one hundred percent looking to block it, and I don't know that they're going to be successful. But I think it's really interesting, and there's a big article in PushSquare about it. And uh, uh, I think that what they're kind of hanging their hat on, according to Push Square, is that the FTC pointed to Microsoft's record of buying other developers to suppress content from its rivals. "Quote Microsoft." Decided to make several of Bethesda's titles, including Starfield and Redfall, Microsoft exclusives, despite assurances it had given to European antitrust authorities that it had no incentive to withhold games from arrival rival consoles, end quote. And it said here that the commission voted three to one to issue the complaint with the director of the FTC's Bureau of Competition, Holly Vadova, adding, quote... Microsoft has already shown that it can and will withhold content from its gaming rivals. Today, we seek to stop Microsoft from gaining control over a leading independent game studio and using it to harm competition in multiple dynamic and fast-growing gaming markets, end quote. So, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't know if there's too much more to say about this. I mean, there's a
0: lot to say about
1: this. We're not the podcast. What's your opinion, though? Do
0: you think that they're going to be successful in stopping this? just gut feeling no no i think Me it's still going to go
1: through i think that there's just going to be a lot of concessions required mm-hmm. honestly like sony if they could get a signed statement that says that sony could put it on ps plus then it would be fucking no brainer sony would sign it tomorrow but because it honestly cuz think about it if 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 uh, xbox has it on game pass that's like you know the incentive for people to buy Xboxes because Call of Duty could be on Game Pass. Is you pay whatever it is, hundred bucks a year, or whatever, and you know you can play any game you want on that service the entire year, including Call of Duty, which is normally going to get sixty bucks out of you anyway. So if you play two games, you've paid it off. Whereas like, like if Sony were to be like, okay, fuck it, we'll put it on PS Plus. And then now it's the same thing. There, we're even playing field. If you have PS Plus Extra, you can play this game for free, and it's basically the same price as Game Pass. So, and actually, actually, if I'm you know speaking truth here, PS Plus Extra is cheaper than Game Pass. So, yeah, there is a thing there, but but Microsoft would never agree to that. So I think what it boils down to now is they just have to agree on what the what the concessions are and then once they agree to it then the deal's gonna go through and i'll be honest with you like there's been so much stuff that's come out in the last week in terms of like these legal documents and all this stuff that have have really kind of ramped things up and the ftc now is is looking to sue and all this stuff i don't think it's really gonna make a difference i think it's eventually gonna go through anyway but um i don't know i just you know i know we've we've had some listeners write in and and not understand why we're so apathetic about this whole thing and just want it to be finished but like if so think about think about it this way sony wins and the deal is blocked now activision's never going to want to work with sony ever again now cuz they just got <laughs> they just got cheated they just got cheated out of 70 billion dollars being purchased by microsoft so now activision is never going to want to do all this exclusive content and working with Sony and everything, and they're just going to work with Microsoft anyway. Assumably that's
0: what would happen, right.
1: Well, I mean, wouldn't you? If someone came up to you, Fred, and they were like, hey, I'm going to buy your house for $100 million. And then the government stepped in and said, no, you can't sell it for that. It's not worth that. (laughs) Yeah. Then then you're just going to be fucking pissed at whoever, like, you know, like, like your neighbor called the government and was like, my house isn't worth a hundred million dollars, so you can't you you can't buy his house for a hundred million dollars. <laughs> then you're just gonna fucking hate your neighbor after that. <laughs> I, like like to me, it's just like I, I don't know. I I I think that long term, it's going. It could potentially cause more problems for Sony, just in terms of their relationships with the publishing partners then it would cause them harm if Microsoft were to just buy this and make Call of Duty exclusive. Yeah. Like I understand that Call of Duty is a big company. They make a lot of money. But if you're telling me – if Sony is just admitting that it's impossible to make a game as, as good as Call of Duty. And I think if anybody can do it, it's Sony. They just have to fucking try. That's the problem. So, anyway, I, I I know everybody's sick of talking about this. I, I really don't want to get too deep into it anymore. Oh, yeah, we don't have to. We're not really the podcast to talk about this. We don't have – there are other other podcasts out there that do deep dives about this deal and everything that's going on that have a lot more information. I'm basically just – gut reaction talking out of my butt every time we talk yeah, about
0: this. But, so. but if you if you want to talk about the FCC instead of the FTC, I do have a communications degree, so I can talk a little bit about the FCC, which is not relevant. So we'll just move on. I was going to say, can you tell me about what
1: frequencies I'm allowed to broadcast without getting a permit from the government? All of them.
0: Are you sure about that? As long as the rate... Yeah, as long as the rate... No, yeah, I don't know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> It's been 20 fucking years. Speaking of going to college, my student loans are going to be paid off next month. I'm so excited. You know what's wild? Is that
1: when I was in college too, the average – the standard student loan repayment period was 20 years because I assume that's what yours was. Yeah, I think so. And everyone I talk to that's younger is like, what are you talking about? Everybody's on a 10-year repayment period. (laughs) Like my wife's all 10-year and everything. So like all of our – our monthly payments are really high Mm -hmm. because all of her shit's on 10-year repayment.
0: Which is fine. I mean we can afford it but like – Mine were so much it, easier to pay just because of the the actual payment and plan. They got way more on interest than they probably should have off me but
1: – Well, yeah. But it's just – I just thought that was kind of weird that, that now – I mean maybe that was a post 9-11 – 9-11. A post uh, – um whatever happened in 2009, the housing crisis uh, recession thing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, like, after that, they stopped doing 10-year or 20-year loans.
0: I don't know. I, but, I don't know. Uh, I'm not an expert. With I don't it. know. I just know I've got one more month of paying on them, and I'm done fucking out of it. Nice. I'm so excited, man. I can't even. Uh, just the freedom that I'll feel will be so nice. Um, Yeah. I never thought that they would come. Um, Let's get into the Game Awards. This is, like, podcast uh, part two. So there's a lot of shit here. The first news point – well, first of all, the Game Awards happened, right? The Game Awards happened. Jeff Keighley was there. I'm not going to talk about the guy that ransacked it at the end. Um, I don't even have what won what, but I know the Elden Ring won Game of the Year. That's all I need to say about it. Dude, I, I don't really want to I, – I didn't watch the
1: thing. Yeah. But I did see like some little footage of, of like that, that kid getting on stage. And don't you think it's kind of fucking funny that he just walked up there and nobody was like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> like, yeah. like, I think that it's really interesting that he was able to do that in this – like, everybody there is an industry person. How do they not, like – how do they not be like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, were they were they like, oh, maybe it's one of their kids or something? Like, I, I have no idea. But we don't we don't have to talk about it. I just think it's fine. I just think it's, like – Well, I mean,
0: this as – as a viewer, I don't know who half the fucking people are behind the video games. You know, I couldn't tell you who's who. And I bet you those studios are just so big, some of those people don't even know one another and they're like, "Oh yeah, this guy must oh, sure. this guy must have done sound or something, you know, let him be in the spotlight for a minute too, you know, or this guy might have been like the fucking VO director." Yeah, who fuck knows? Like some people just don't know. It's just a big but he did, he was really young, but yeah, let's let's move on to the actual things that we saw. That are worth talking about. Um, I will just say in general, too. God of War cleaned house on a lot of things. Um, God of War cleaned house. Elden Ring, one game of the year. So that's all that probably people really fucking care about. Edge Runners didn't win the best adaptation. I think something else did. Uh, Personers. I don't know what did. Um, I was kind of disappointed Edge Runners didn't win because I'm two episodes away from finishing that and it's really good. Um, so let's get into it. Company of Heroes three was announced for console. This is the first time that we're going to get this real-time strategy game on console uh, developed by Relic Entertainment. And uh, the controls, apparently, according to the studio, are being reworked so that they work well with console. Um, And the game's going to feature a a mode or a thing called tactical pause so that you can freeze the action so you can collect your thoughts in the middle of battle. Um, Have you ever played a company heroes game? No,
1: I, I've looked at, like, there's been a, a bunch of different times on PC where I've considered right. picking one up and right. playing it. Because I just thought, because it's, like it's like a World War II RTS. It looks Which is cool. kind of interesting. But I just, I've never picked it up and actually That's fine.
0: tried it out. That, that is far from one of the big topics. So we'll keep moving on. Uh, the next news point, which is pretty exciting, I think, probably for some people, is that Street Fighter Six. They showed off uh, a lot um, in the way of we got to see four new characters. Well, one returning character, DJ, and then three new characters, Manon, Marissa, and JP. And we have a confirmed release date or release month, June of 2023, which is also mm. when we will get to it, the month that Diablo 4 is releasing. But it looks like June shaping up to be a pretty cool release month. Um, the more I see of Street Fighter Six, the more I just really want to play it. I don't know. Street Fighter games are fantastic. Jake, did you have anything to say about Street Fighter?
1: Uh, I see that uh, DJ is coming back. Yeah. The Jamaican guy. Yep, DJ Manon. It's always uh, interesting. Marissa. I, I'm i not going to play this. I'm just going to say that out right now.
0: <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> no judgment. I mean, I know it's huge
1: for the fighting game community, but I just I can't do it.
0: No judgment here. All right, cool. Um, next, next game of the Game Awards thing that we want to go over is uh, we got a gameplay trailer that didn't really show off any gameplay, and it's one of the things that I believe uh, played by Ken was talking about. Um, but the new title, uh, a new title being developed by a new studio called Ascendant Studios, and the game's called Immortals of Avium. Uh, this will be a first-person shooter, and it's coming to PlayStation Five in 2023. It actually looks kind of cool based on what I've seen, but do we really know? At the end of the trailer, it seems like you get a little bit of a gameplay clip towards the very end. Um, is this the one that's? Uh, is this the one that's uh, an EA Originals
1: title? I don't remember. There was a lot of shit shown because <laughs> there was so much. I, I dude, I spent like fucking an hour and a half watching trailers. I felt like from yeah. this show, yeah. and I. Dude, I think it, it might be the one that's in EA originals. It looks cool. I mean, just visually looks cool. Who knows what it is? It looks like it might be some kind of a first person thing. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's you it's like you like the the main the character like walks out through like a doorway and just the world is fucking under siege, like all this battle's going on, and they've got this weird gauntlet with like some fucking gyroscope in it. Mm-hmm cast in a spell or something I
0: don't know it looks it looks neat though it does look really cool um the next the next game that I thought was really cool and I think this was I think that this was game awards material I'm actually not entirely sure it fell into the news section on push square where they were talking about the game awards but there's a game called viewfinder Jake did you see the trailer for this game I don't think so. Uh, look it up, dude. Uh, the website is just viewfinder. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. This game is one of those games that kind of dicks around with your perspective. It's like a first-person game, and it screws with dimensionality. So if you're into those weird kind of games, look at the trailer. It's really mind-bending. It reminds me a bit of uh, what was that? You would know. What's that 2D game that was a platformer? Uh, that was like essentially like a Fez. B- huh? Fez. Fez. It reminds me of It's that. like
1: it looks like Fez meets um if Fez was three D. Uh Fez meets what's the game Mortal? that uh Jonathan Blunt or whatever the fuck his name is made? Uh the puzzle game came out on PS4. Mm. You're on the island, you do all the puzzles. Um The Witness. It's like okay. Fez meets The Witness, mm-hmm. kind of is what it looks like a little bit. Visual visually looks really cool. I mean, this is a, this is one of those games that like I just there's no way I'm going to be able to play it. But, not, like you're just not going to be smart. I think enough. it looks really cool. Uh, like, this is a game that I would like to watch somebody else play. I think
0: the thing that's really interesting that they play with is is not only are they messing with like you take a picture of something and then you use that picture to like move it and then sh- put it in a place that lets you connect pieces of the 3D world you're in. It's kind of hard to explain, but uh, some of the pictures that you take are going to be grainy looking and some are going to be black and white and you're going to be in a colored environment. So, like, then you get this crazy amalgamation of different textures and dimensions that open up based on the pictures you take. It looks fucking awesome.
1: Um, It looks looks insane. Like, I... This seems like one of those games where you almost have to play it to really understand it. Because it's. I'm just watching shit about it, and this guy just has this fucking shitty looking Polaroid, and he just takes a picture, and he just turns around, just superimposes that picture on the world in front of him, and just fucking walks through it. Like, it's so weird. Like, you can almost use any piece of the world as part of the map to create more of
0: the world you can exist in. Yeah. It's like it's a mind bender, man. Like, it looks like it could be really, really cool. But that's so fucking wild looking. Yeah, it's super trippy. Like this is hurting my brain. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it's made to do, I think. But anyways, that game looks awesome. Um, so let's let's smash back to play by Ken's comment and uh, play by Ken writes. Oh, I actually thought of you when I saw the Space Marines two trailer. And then he goes on to talk about some other games that, that were shown at the Game Awards, which we'll get to, our opinions on. But he, he says he hasn't played Death Stranding either, so um, he's got to do that before he's excited for the sequel. Um, he said Judas didn't look very interesting to him, and he'll be looking forward to our thoughts on that. And then he forgot about the Replace trailer. Um, let's go back and look at that. Um, oh, God damn it! So, yeah, man. I mean, uh, I don't know. Um, the... The Warhammer Space Marines 2 trailer looks fucking fantastic. That's all I have. It literally looks like
1: Space Marine 2. (laughs) I I don't really know how else to describe it. Like,
0: it looks exactly like,
1: right? It looks like, yeah, it looks like they may have, you know, obviously, it's been two generations since Space Marine came out. So. It's pretty freaking cool that they're doing this. The game doesn't look doesn't look visually too impressive to me, but it looks very it looks it looks stylish. Yeah. And it looks very Warhammer. And just like the the combat looks so just visceral and just heavy and like that's the cool like Space Marines are like you can imagine fucking like Kratos. 10,000 years in the future. Yeah. With like this crazy ass armor, just with tons of weight behind him, just smashing shit with his freaking fucking hand like cannon, chainsaw and sword, sword yeah. and and just mowing people down with shotguns Forks and, and like stuff.
0: Fucking and, bad things. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. So I, went to the, I, I cannot wait. I went to the Push Square site where they, they linked to the trailer, and someone on Push Square left a message, and it sounds an, like an all too familiar experience. They wrote, I'm all over this next year. I randomly grabbed the first one cheaply in SE- or CEX on PS3 over a decade ago for something like a fiver, and I couldn't believe how much fun I had with it. And I'm coming from someone who has zero interest in anything Warhammer, $40 million, whatever it's called. I'm surprised I enjoyed that game so much. If it's more of the same, but now with better graphics and smoother gameplay, I can see this doing really well. And yeah, dude, that game was so underrated. The original, uh, just not looked at. And uh, what a fucking fantastic game the first one was. I and the story was awesome too. The story was cool shit. Um, I'm excited to play it, dude. So yeah, so right now, oh no, Warhammer
1: 40k Space Marine on PS3. Has a seventy on Metacritic, and I think that is way underrated. Yeah, I think so too. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's like a nine out of ten or anything like that, but it it is the most fucking awesome seventy or seven out of ten I've ever played. I'm just I'm just saying, <laughs> and I'm so excited for this new one. Yeah,
0: it's gonna be rad.
1: I hope it doesn't disappoint me because we've been fucking, you know, hamming it up for when 10 the game gets 10 years, a ten out of ten <laughs> everywhere
0: that we can be like, you heard it here first, motherfuckers. We've been talking about this game forever.
1: PS is awesome. Ten out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> Space Marine 2 ahead of launch.
0: <laughs> Based on the trailer. They should they should they should accept a quote from us and put it on the game box. That would be, That'd be so funny. That would be so funny. We've been talking about this game for twenty years. Um yeah, anyways. Uh Returnal. We got announced that Returnal, a game I've yet to play, which is kind of crazy to me, is uh Coming to PC. Did we know that or not? Early 2023.
1: There was a lot of rumors because it was like listed in like Steam DB or something like that. So I, this makes sense. It it would be really at home on PC. So I'm glad that more people are going to get to play it because I don't know how well it sold on ps Five. Yeah. But I loved I mean, I'm not I don't like roguelike games, but I loved Returnal. So I hope that the 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 gameplay in Returnal is some of the best third person shooting gameplay ever I've ever experienced. Yeah. So I think that it's awesome that it's coming to PC. I think more people, I think it will have a good, nice home there. And uh, I honestly, it's one of those games that I advise that even if you're not really into roguelikes, but you like third person shooters, pick it up cheap on a sale and give it a go. Or if you're, I think, do you know if it's on PlayStation Plus, like extra or anything? Yeah, I get it for
0: free and I haven't played it yet.
1: Yeah. So especially if you've got PS Plus Extra or something and you can get it for, you know, quote unquote free with your subscription, Give it a go if you're into that kind of game and you're like between games or something. It's real fun. Yeah. It's on my list. It's on my list.
0: Let's move forward to another game. The uh, The next game I wanted to talk about is called Atomic Heart. And we brought this up mm-hmm. briefly at one point on the podcast because it had been new to me at that point. Um, it's definitely going to be a game that you're going to want to watch uh, if you like first-person shooters. It looks really good. Uh To me, what stands out is the originality of the setting, the weapons that you looks like you get to use, the enemies look really cool. I don't know a whole lot about the game, being honest. But on Push Square, they indicate to think of this game as a chaotic Bioshock set in an alternate history of Soviet Russia. But I think it's definitely set in the future because they're like Mm -hmm. robots and shit. Um, the game was developed by Mundfish and published by Focus Entertainment and for Divinity. So the thing about this game is, is this trailer it got or whatever this gameplay thing is, it looks so cool. I, I love that they like, I don't know, they like,
1: uh, I, I don't know if this was a thing in the past, but they in previous trailers, it kind of just looked like a Bioshock ish kind of game, mm-hmm. you know, just like in style but they they took that fucking Doom knob and, gr- and, like, cranked it up to 11 for this trailer. Like, it's, there's just this gnarly fucking guitar score on the background, and it's just super chaotic. Like, lots of enemies, crazy abilities, just smashing face, like, all, all the whole fucking time. I don't know. It looks awesome. Yeah. And it's interesting because this is being developed by a Russian studio, I have no idea how the economics of that work because like everybody is embargoing Russia right now, but um, or not embargoing, but you know, boycotting. They, you know what I mean, they boycotting them like uh, sanctioning them, I guess. So, but I think it looks good. I'm going to try it for sure, mm-hmm. especially cause it's, it's uh, going to be available. I, th- I think it launched on game pass. So if you have an Xbox, you can definitely try it out. Nope. Uh, yeah. No strings attached. So, but it looks great. The trailer was great. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, and I think ultimately it's important to realize that, you know, when the United States does fucked up shit or when Russia does fucked up shit, it doesn't mean that everyone who lives in that country condones it or, or agrees with it. So, um, oh, definitely, definitely. It's important I, to I, I, um, that, I didn't, that. You know, you are not yeah. your country. Uh, you're your own person. So, just uh, I, I think that game looks awesome, and uh, it's on my list for for. One hundred percent certain, it's on my list uh, of something that I want to check out. So, another another game getting uh, pub- uh, published by Focus Entertainment is uh, a game by Don't Nod, mm-hmm. who make they did uh, Life is Strange. Life is Strange, yeah, which is really weird because this game is called Banishers: Ghosts of New Eden. It's set in the seventeenth century. And uh, it's listed as an action RPG, and you play as two proficient ghost hunters and lovers who are faced with impossible odds. So they hunt ghosts. Um, They do discuss in the game description that the female is actually killed and comes back as a ghost. But she helps you... In, in your conquest to capture and take out ghosts who are haunting people negatively. So you're working alongside your lover who died, who's been resurrected as a ghost, and she's helping you still on your, on your plight, uh, which I mm-hmm. think is really kind of wild. Um, it's an interesting idea. And this
1: trailer was like mostly CG, and then at the very end, there was like a little smidge of gameplay. And uh, it looks like it could be cool. I mean, don't nod – I know – I can't remember if they did that Remember Me game or not. I think they did. They might have. And it wasn't like – that was like the last third-person action game they made, if I can remember correctly. And I don't know that it was received very well. So I'll be curious to see if they can if they can tighten it up and make this game – uh, as an action game, rather than just like an adventury kind of game, like Life is Strange.
0: The trailer so looks awesome. It good. It's all the trailer it's, does look good. I don't think any of its gameplay, but it looks really good. So I just like I think that the the idea of this story lends a lot of potential mini stories, right? I, I just think like there's there could be a lot here if if you like story in games. Um, yeah. So anyways, um, I will just mention anyone who watches this on YouTube, man, I, I tried to pull back up that trailer for, uh, whatever it's called, um, that, uh, the previous game I was talking about, not banishers, but, uh, atomic heart. And as I did it briefly, some of the audio kicked on cause that's just the way that it works. And, uh, I had to mute it and I drug, uh, my, my window up and it kind of screwed up jacobs window on the podcast on youtube briefly it got smaller but i had to fix it so anyways that's what happened i'm aware that happened it's no big deal it's just uh just shit that happens once in a while um the next the next news point and i've never played this game and uh i know that it was critically received well but dead cells and uh dead cells is getting some sort of crossover with Castlevania's DLC which is awesome and I'm sure the developer motion motion twin were stoked to make it a reality um and it's going to be yeah. offered as DLC for the original game now did you see anything about this
1: I just saw the trailer and it looks cool I mean it's just like an anim- almost like an animated trailer mm-hmm. but it doesn't know there's no gameplay or anything but it looks awesome it's like uh the whatever the main character from Dead Cells he's like a A a, A a body with like an eyeball, flaming eyeball for a head. I don't really know. And then he like teams up with – who is that? Simon Belmont and uh, Alucard Mm -hmm. to to go up against
0: Dracula. Like it seems pretty cool. Well, the reason it's so on the nose too is that that Dead Cells took direct influence from the Castlevania franchise. So I think that when – the I read somewhere that, like the one of the developers had met with some people from Konami who were involved in Castlevania at one point, and uh, the developer realized at some point that like it actually could be a possibility to do this and just took advantage of this situation. So I'm glad that it exists, mm. the, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I mean, I probably am not going to play it, I don't own Dead Cells, I still need to get to uh. A couple other games on my back burner. But the next one I didn't realize was a VR game. And uh, Skydance Interactive, the people behind Saints and Sinners, The Walking Dead, um, are working on a new PSVR 2 title game. And uh, it's going to be called Behemoth. And it looks really archaic and medieval. I didn't realize, like I said, that this was actually a PSVR 2 game until I started doing some research for it for the show. And the game's going to have... you pitting yourself against really huge monsters and like fucking scary looking things. And it's going to have a lot of melee combat, but part of the traversal mechanic is going to involve getting around with a grappling hook for travel, which sounds really fucking wild in VR. And I'm all about it.
1: Uh, it's being, My stomach is turning just thinking about it. Yeah,
0: it's being built specifically for VR, and there's a trailer for it there on on uh, wherever, but Jake, I put a link to it. It looks really, really cool. Um, again, it's called Behemoth. Did you see anything about this? Yeah, the trailer looks fucking rad. I don't know what the
1: actual game is going to look like when you go to play it, but it, I don't know if you're only going to be fighting these giant monsters or if you're going to be, like, fighting smaller like, bad guys. because. Because he, like, fights the, – the, uh, the character in the trailer fights, like, some regular enemies and then at the end approaches this, like, behemoth thing. So I don't know if it's going to be, like, that's the final boss of a level or something like that or mm. or if, like, it's more of a all that you're doing is climbing these behemoths. But I assume that they're called behemoths just because of the name of the tra- trailer. I don't really know that. But I think that visually it looks really cool – but I don't know if any of it was gameplay. So it would be really interesting to see what it looks like in actual VR.
0: I agree. I agree. And a game that I didn't play that I think maybe you did, Jake, but I bought it on sale for 10 bucks at Walmart for PS5 was Hades. Mm-hmm. Hades 2 got announced. And that's a big deal. Uh, it was announced. We didn't get a release date. But uh, they did say that it will hit early access first. Did you play Hades?
1: Yeah, I did play Hades. It is really good. And I know that people really like that game. So I'm sure that this was a big deal that Hades 2 was announced. Mm-hmm. I don't really know, based on the trailer, what, like, the story is. But you're playing as some female character. Yeah. As opposed to, like, a male character that you play in the last game. Yeah. And it looks like she's got, like, some kind of a like undead arm or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which probably grants her some unique abilities and things that are different from the first game.
0: Some fucking necromancer. But
1: uh, it looks... I mean, Supergiant is a fucking... In my opinion, they're like an A-tier developer. So I I think that this is going to be a good game no matter what. It is kind of interesting that they're making Hades 2. I think it's the first game that Supergiant has done a sequel to. Probably because it's the biggest game they've ever released. But they did... uh, What was the the first game of theirs I played was Bastion. And then Transistor was also really good on PS4. And then they did that... um, that sport sport game i don't remember where you it's like a god what the hell is it called um we're like on like a traveling caravan but you like it's it it's basically a sports game i don't really remember what it was though
0: yeah i don't know what the name of
1: it and then hades and now they're doing hades too and they're all like they're just a really good quote-unquote indie developer yeah so that makes indie style games so i think that this is a is a great thing
0: cool yeah, yeah. I think it's a, it's a nice announcement, um, and it's a good place to announce a game like that because uh, I think it was definitely multi-platform. So the next one's kind of a big deal. And Jake, uh, this is uh, speaking directly to you, probably. Diablo mm-hmm. 4, right? Uh, got a nice cinematic trailer. Got a glimpse into hell. And uh, it got a release date of 6 6 So no surprise anyone with the double sixes. Um, so... Three times two is six. Maybe there's you can get that out of there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. What What do you think? I, I know this game initially had a little bit of uh, uh, people were kind of walking around it with a little trepidation, concerned about like the the way it's gonna work and stuff. But it's. I think it's gonna
1: be a little bit more of a live service game, which I think people has people a little bit concerned, and I guess possibly would have me a little bit concerned too. Mm. But I have seen there are some previews out there, and uh, I did watch a preview last night. IGN released a preview of they. Uh, I think it was Brian McCaffrey did it. Played thir- like I think he said twelve hours of the game, <laughs> and and did a preview of it. Yes. And they showed footage of the game while he was talking over it, so and exciting. it looks awesome. I'm so excited for this game. I mean, I love Diablo three, so mm. and and he. They did say in the IGN preview that it does seem to lean more towards Diablo two than Diablo three, which is even better because I love Diablo three, but Diablo two is just freaking awesome. So That's your baby. baby. I'm really excited for this. I can't wait for it to come out. Uh there's gonna be it seems like there's gonna be some kind of an open beta, because I did see that if you pre order it you get like early access <laughs> to the open beta. Yeah. Who knows when that's gonna be. Yeah. But I'm excited to give it a try for sure.
0: Yeah, and it might be a nice hopping on point for Fred, too. We'll see. Uh, Remnant 2 was announced, which is the sequel to Remnant uh, from the Ashes. This game is going to come to PS5 in uh, 2023. I didn't play the first Remnant from the Ashes, uh, and I didn't realize it was like a first-person shooter either. Do you know anything about these games? I don't think it's a first-person shooter. Dude, when I looked it up, there was... I think, it, I think it's, it's third-person. Ah, when I looked it up, it looked like first-person to me. I'm pretty
1: sure it's third-person. Well, I right. could be wrong about that. You could be wrong. But right. uh, this game looks cool, but I, I've i never played the first one. I think we got the first one on PS Plus or something, but I've never played really? it. I've heard good things about it, though. Yeah, It's got
0: a 9 out of 10 on Steam and a uh, 3.8. In uh, a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb, which I didn't know they were... I don't know. Google users, 89% liked it. Is an action role-playing third-person shooter. You are right, from Gunfire Games. So, yeah. So, we're getting a sequel to this. So, if you're a fan of Remnant, Remnant 2 was announced. And uh, moving forward. The only thing that I have about this next news point is all that I, I really could find about it. And I didn't watch... I tried to watch all of the Game Awards, but I fell asleep during some of it. But I guess Final Fantasy sixteen had some sort of showing. But I know that the big news out of that is that it's actually rated M, which is the first time in a long time. Interesting. That a Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy
1: sixteen is rated mature. Yeah. It's really interesting. It
0: is interesting. So I don't know why. I don't know, you know, but that's what the rumor is saying. So I don't know. I could have linked to the news story, but I didn't. But that's mm. that's what I got out of that. So Final Fantasy sixteen is coming out, what, twenty twenty three, I think they're saying. So.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh
0: next summer is when it's supposed to come out. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what all the hubbub's about, why it got an M rating. I'm sure we'll hear more about that between now and then. And uh now on to the old Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty trailer. And uh as an aside, real quick, I will say that the song that I recorded, Jake finally got a chance to listen to it, our submission. Um, but it, uh, I saw on a website that I don't know if I can trust the number, but it indicated that there were 7,800 songs submitted to that contest. Wow. That seems like way too many. And Why is that? It just seems like – Probably
1: millions of people played it. Yeah, so 7,800 probably- is like – Like
0: 0.01% of the people that have played the game. Well, because when I was on the website, the forum only had six pages of people talking about it. And I'm like, this is weird. So those numbers, you would think like there would at least be like 50 pages if 7,800 people submitted, you know, 10 posts per page. Um, So there's 60 people that maybe – and some of them were duplicate comments just saying. But I think a lot of people were in breach of the contract for submitting the song. Because it has – I believe it should not be already previously released. And there were people who were like, here's my submission. Check it out. And they'd show like a link to it on YouTube and then you can listen to the song there. I don't think that they should be doing that. So I think there's going to be a lot of automatic disqualifications. And I just wonder how CD Projekt Red is going to filter through all this shit in a month. Um, yeah, it's weird. month and a half. But anyways, back to Phantom Liberty, the trailer. And – um The game announced um, – I don't know if he's a bad guy or the president or – I don't think you play as as this person. But Idris Elba, the famous actor, um, is going to be in it. And uh, the game's going to also feature some interesting car combat. So they talked about that being released with a new patch for regular Cyberpunk. But it shows some car combat in the trailer. Trailer looks really awesome. Um, Idris plays Heimdall in the Marvel Universe. He was Bloodsport in The Suicide Squad. He was Brixton in Fast and Furious in Roland in The Dark Tower. And most importantly, he was Charles Minor in The Office, which is hilarious. Um, but Idris Elba is is uh, kind of like a superstar actor. So I'm um, cool that he's in it. Um, or it's, it's cool that he's in it. And uh, I think that that's, uh, that's cool. And it looks good. I just don't expect this DLC to be very long. Um, but it does look mm-hmm. like they're putting some time into it based on this trailer. There's, there's some new visuals, you know, for sure. I don't know. Yeah. It looks cool. And if it's going to be paid content, they can't fuck up with this. They have to offer something worth paying for. So, uh, I don't know. Jake, any opinions on that? Um, No, I mean, it's cool that
1: they're, you know, they're getting another, I don't know how to call it, Triple A actor or something like that to be involved in the in the DLC. I just hope that the the game is good. Really, any, I mean that's all I could hope for. Any
0: opinion about car combat?
1: Uh, I don't want it to be in there at all. I fucking hate car combat. Mm-hmm. So yeah. The only, I hope the only car like, comment that's not like the main crux of the thing, right?
0: <laughs> and the only car comment that I could really see that they showed was from the perspective of you being in the passenger seat, seat shooting. So if it's that, and the AI is driving, and you can just lean out the car and like fucking shoot at stuff, that would be cool. Um, if you are like a deli, it's fine. Or I
1: still I still don't love it, but it's fine.
0: Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's not like a huge quality of life improvement to the game, but as long as it doesn't suck, I'll be okay with it. Moving forward, this next one is a big deal. Long, long rumored um, that we are going to be getting Horizon Forbidden West DLC finally confirmed. It's only coming to PS5, and it's titled Burning Shores. For a while, I was nervous that this was going to be like—I um, guess—and we don't know that it isn't um, multiplayer content. But I don't think it is. It looks very much single-player based on the trailer, but I'm not sure. I don't think they indicated. I would imagine so, because I feel like they
1: would have made a little bit more of a hubbub about introducing multiplayer to Horizon. But, I mean, they did DLC for the first game, and I think it was Frozen Wilds. It was pretty good. I just, dude, once I put these games down, I'm basically done with them. I don't know if I'm going to want to jump back in, but I did really enjoy Forbidden West, so we'll see. Because it's coming out in I think April or something, right?
0: Yeah, I really want Silas to be back. And they they, they, the 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 DLC did not the DLC trailer they provided did not offer any story beats. Mm. Don't know what it involved. Is it just a new location with like random pickups and random fucking encounters, or is there actually a story to it? It was weird. So just essentially just had like Aloy like flying around on the on the bird and uh getting close to like, I don't know. It it didn't seem to me like there was much story content, if any, to really tell you what it's about. Um so I wasn't like super impressed and I know what you're saying about getting back to these games after you've played them. It's tough. It's tough yeah. to return to things, especially with new stuff coming out all the time. But uh it is it is uh, nice that they're doing this. Let's get to the next one, which is another really big one. Um, and I haven't played the first one. Like, played by Ken has not played the first one. Jake, you have played it. Death Stranding 2 was announced. Mm-hmm. And we got, like, a four-minute trailer. And you're going to be playing, a, I believe, a, a woman. And I believe also that Norman Reedus is making a return as well. I, dude...
1: Nobody makes a fucking trailer like Kojima. It's so... I mean, he just... We talked about this ad nauseum on the podcast, but he just makes such good trailers Mm -hmm. and this just reminds me that I just have to go back and, and finish Death Stranding. I never finished it. I got basically to where the game opens up maybe 10 hours in and then I... Or maybe, like, a little less than that, maybe eight hours in. And then I never I never finished it. So I really want to get back to it because I think it did say – did it say it was 2023 it was coming out? I don't remember. I don't remember either. If it said it was releasing next year or not. But, um, yeah, I, I thought the trailer was great. I don't know what the fuck is going on, like, you know, babies turning into octopuses or something. But, like, it looked cool. I cannot wait to uh, – to play this. Yeah. Whether or not it'll be for me, I don't know. But I need to get back to the first one for sure. Yeah. Especially since it's on PS Plus.
0: What a long cinematic trailer too, though. Um, so, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> Excuse me. And, uh, Jake, this is also right up your alley, this next one. This is a big deal. Um, I thought it looked good. Uh, I think played by Gen thought it didn't really strike as... Uh, tickle as fancy. But... uh we got a sneak peek at Judas, uh, the new game from Ken Levine, and it was announced for PS5. And uh, obviously, Ken Levine was behind the Bioshock uh, 1 and 2. Was he involved in 3? I don't remember. I think he was. Uh, well, he, di- he didn't He did do 2.
1: He did 1 Sorry. and he did Infinite.
0: Correct. 1 and 3 he did. I stand corrected. But yes, thank you for that. Um, yeah, so what did you think of this? Dude, it looks so fucking awesome. I am so <laughs>
2: excited
1: for this. I I don't know, Mr. Played by Ken, I think you might be a little bit crazy. But uh, if if they're if they're not your type of game, then so be it. Yeah, it right. literally looks like Bioshock in space, which is fucking awesome. I mean, maybe like a little bit different in terms of it looks like there's more, you know, characters in it that you interact with than maybe there was in the original Bioshock, but like mm-hmm. This game to me just it looks very cool. I it could be, you know, they announced this, so it could be another fucking 5 years before it comes out because Ken Levine's making it. But I think that it looks really cool and I am
0: very excited. There is something very stylistic about his approach in the games, right? Yeah. It's very there is there is an element
1: of artsy fartsiness to it, for sure.
0: And that, yeah, I'm looking at the trailer right now. Like, and even the way, like the very beginning, it shows this person at this crash scene, uh, and she's like limping towards the the mirror or whatever. And it has these different characters. They they look kind of comic booky for sure. And uh, some of the some of the settings and whatnot. I mean, the the thing that I thought was the coolest thing about it. Is this there's a there's a part in the trailer at about forty six seconds in where the your character has like some sort of like computerized pocket watch or something on the back of their hand um, that they flip open and uh, they close it and then all of a sudden they have fire coming out of their hand and then in another scene right after that thing that pocket watch thing is green. So I think that that is going to be the thing that dictates what kind of special powers you have. Um, I don't know what it does or what it's about, but it's a neat idea to think that you can have like some sort of, uh, uh, device implanted in your hand that can just like create fire or like whatever the hell else it might do. Um, I don't know. I think the title is a little weird, uh, you know, but I, I don't know what Judas, I believe, was in the Bible. Um, it's not a name you hear often and you instantly just associate it with the Bible. At least I do. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if, it, you know, I, I believe in the story that he, he was like a betrayer or like, you know, something like that. So I wonder if there's something to do with that theme, not necessarily on a biblical sense, but just like some sort of be- major betrayal occurs or something. You know, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm
1: so I just dude fucking the character design like Ken Devine Ken Levine's character design is just so fucking good I I, I don't it's really original. know how to describe. like there's you know there's like everything from it looks like the main character you play as is just like a, a woman who has this like thing in her hand but then like they show some of these other characters it's like a it looks like a small town like freaking Texas Ranger cop guy and then there's like some young girl that's got pink hair but like her face is falling apart and then there's like this black woman who looks like she might be part android and like her chest has like a mechanical heart that's beating in it I just, dude it it looks so fucking cool i i i uh i don't know man i am mean, i'm very excited yeah, it's pretty loud
0: looking if that makes sense yeah it's visually stimulating the whole thing and uh you know whether it's yeah it might not be in everybody's wheelhouse, but I, I bet you the game is good, you know, whether or not you like the art yeah. direction. I bet you the game is good, but it's hard to say sure. until it comes out. We won't know. Moving forward, last but not least, the one thing that was announced and shown before the Video Game Awards actually start. I believe Sidney Goodman was, like, doing all these indie titles and stuff, and right before... Game Awards officially started they showed a trailer for a game called Replaced this game looks absolutely amazing Mm. the trailer looks so good it's that 2.5D Octopath Traveler kind of 16 bit 3D 3 dimensional platform kind of thing but just the setting and the different vibes that you get, like it looked kind of like futuristic, but also not. I don't know what it's about. And if you didn't see the world premiere trailer for Replaced, you have to go watch it because this game looks awesome. And uh, I went to the website. It's PlayReplaced.com. It says Replaced is a 2.5D sci-fi retro retro futuristic action platformer where you play as reach an artificial intelligence trapped in a human body against its own will replace combined cinematic platformer pixel art and free flow action combat with a deep engaging dystopian story set in an alternate alternative 1980s explore and uncover the mysteries in and around phoenix city from the perspective of reach who is learning how to be human in a society that has taken a turn for the worst, everything is ruled by corruption and greed. The ones in power see humans and their organs as nothing more than just currency. It looks rad. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It it, does, it looks
1: like that that like HD 2D, like you're talking about, Octopath Traveler style. But the Gritty. art, as opposed to being like 16-bit, like chibi... JRPG style. It looks almost like... What was that fucking game I played when I had COVID? Hong Kong um, Massacre? No, 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 no. Uh, oh, it's the it's the the same guys that did Sword and Sorcery. Um, oh, Curse of the Dead Gods? Sorcery. I'm, I'm striking uh, out, guys. Second game. It's called...
0: Fuck! Mm. He'll I will never know.
1: I don't have any idea. Was it? Was it two point five D? It was something with an N. Sword
0: and sorcery. Sword and sorcery. Oh man! Death. And the podcast comes screeching to a quiet halt as Jake tries to figure out.
1: Buck, I don't know. It's called like. So anyway, whatever it doesn't matter, yeah, so it's like this it's like this really it's it's like uh all the character models and everything are proportionally correct, but it's really like pixely
2: mm. like
1: pixelated looking and but like everything is h d and 3 d kind of at the same time it, it and they play a little bit in the trailer shows <laughs> like they play a little bit with camera angles and lighting and stuff and it and it does make it look really, really interesting,
0: yeah. It looks amazing to me. And some of the camera angles, like there's a scene where you're in a car and you're traveling and it just shows you the perspective of like, if the camera's mounted on the hood, looking into the car, it's, it's really neat looking. I can't promise that the game's going to be good, but stylistically it looks really, really cool to me. So, um, I don't know. That's about it for the game awards. Do you have anything you want to say about the game awards in general, before we get onto the new games coming out this week and close things up? Um, the uh,
1: uh oh, what was I gonna say? Oh, um, we didn't really talk about Jedi Survivor. Oh, you're right. That wasn't on my notes. Go ahead. Which, uh, if you guys haven't played the first game, is pretty good. It's the best Star Wars game we've gotten in a long time, single player Star Wars game. So, I advise that anyone who is really into the Jedi games of the past like you know, Jedi Outcast or uh, Jedi Knight or even Force Unleashed or something like that. Give Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order a try. It was made by Respawn who did Titanfall and stuff like that and it is really good. It, it The combat can be kind of challenging. It's almost – this is kind of played out at this point but it's almost Souls-esque in the way that the combat works. But once you learn the combat, it's not nearly that hard. But, like, once you learn the combat and you upgrade your character and stuff, it gets easier and easier and you start feeling, like, more and more of a badass as a Jedi. And so I'm interested to see what the next game is like for this, for sure. They introduce a, a cute little fucking droid character like they do in all of the freaking Star Wars games and yep. movies. And uh, it's named Fred. it seems like he's going to be there for the next one, too. The main, The guy that plays the main character is the redhead from that. That that TV show uh, about like the that Netflix show that's about like the trashy people. Um. Oh God, I know exactly what you're talking about. Man, I am. My brain is just not functioning today. I've watched, I watched a
0: few episodes of it. Um. Uh, that dudes in it. Uh, William H Macy's in it. Um. Yeah. You know, what the hell is it called? Someone right now on the other end is like it's
2: gone, rah, 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 rah,
0: yelling at the, the TV or the yeah, or they're watching yeah, um, um, whatever. Re- it doesn't re- matter. Re- something. Uh, re- uh, oh, a re- a re- Um, it's relentless. No, it's uh, oh god. He is in
1: William H Macy. Shameless. Uh, shameless. Oh, shameless. Feels so much better now. <laughs> <sighs> that was a huge waste of the listeners' time. But anyway. Um, breathe again. Yeah, so that game is really good. And they did it. They did, we knew it was coming, but they did show a little bit of a gameplay trailer for the next iteration. And of he the was game. at the Game Awards. The dude showed up. It looks good. Oh, did he?
0: Was he there? He was that's there. Cool. He, he came I, out I with a
1: lightsaber. Like, oh, did he? Wow, 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 wow. Doing that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool because, uh, yeah, I. If if you guys are into those games, I, I highly recommend you play the first one because it was a lot of fun. And so I, I am looking forward to the second one. I don't know if it's a day one game for me, but it's definitely a, a play at some point kind of game because I do really – every so often I love a good Jedi game.
0: You and me both. You want to know how many games I've taken advantage of since I've joined PlayStation Essentials or PlayStation whatever it is? Extra? Zero. 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 The only game so far has been uh, Wheel of Fortune because <laughs> I need to Dude, be- you should play stray you should play stray. Yeah. it's so good yeah I need to play that I need to play uh I need to play a couple other ones on there too like returnal and uh I think the star Wars games on there and uh but I gotta beat God of four first and uh that's my that's my focus yeah let's get into the new games Jake this week this has been a long podcast we told you it was gonna be a good one and uh we really need to slim these freaking things down um well there was a lot to talk about there was, there was a lot. Um, so, December 12th, we're getting Wavetail on PS5. December 13th, Crisis Core Final Fantasy seVen PS5, PS4, which is – people are real excited about. Um, Grease on PS5, GRIS on PS5. Neon White, PS5, PS4, Operation Wolf Returns. What? First Mission, PS4. Do you remember Operation Wolf, the arcade cabinet in the arcades? It was just like uh. a shooter. It was like a – A thing where you just boom, boom, boom. It's like Operation Wolf. That's how it sounded like when you turn it on because they couldn't get the vocals to sound right. It was like muffled. Operation Wolf. Oh, it's like an on-rail shooter. Yeah. interesting. Is that what it looks like, the new one? Yeah.
1: What are the graphics like? I mean, it looks like a fucking arcade cabinet game. It doesn't look great, but it might be just a console port of the original.
0: I got to see now. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. No dude, this is so much better than the original. The original was all fucking 8-bit, dude. Oh, uh, fair enough. Dude. Like the old
1: Area 51 games and stuff. I
0: break your bolts. <laughs> That's how I got to quit doing that. <laughs> anyways, um December 14th, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Complete Edition's coming out. Hell fucking yeah. Um don't have time for it right this second. December 15th. Azure Striker Gunvolt, PS5, PS4, Blacktail, Casadora on PS5, PS4, Grime on PS4, Kawaii Slime Arena on PS5, PS4, and River City Girls 2, PS5, PS4. I bet you that's amazing. If it's anything like River City Ransom, it's a beat-em-up. I bet you it is. Man. So my picks, just based on what what I don't know, is Crisis Core, Operation Wolf Returns, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, and River City Girls 2. Those are the four that I would... Was- yeah.
1: I, that, from what I understand, that neon white game is pretty cool as well. Man. Um, I've heard kind of mixed feelings about Crisis Core. Oh. But uh, I still am interested in giving it a
0: try. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, shit, man. It's been a long podcast and it's Saturday. Yes. And in order to get this out to the listeners, the patrons, a day early, we better... Close up shop. If you guys want to get the podcast a day early once in a while, get a shout out on the show and get a free sticker. Join the Patreon for one dollar a frickin' month. You can do it. I have faith in you. Um, But thanks again. You know, if you don't have money to spare, we appreciate you uh, for tuning in and listening to the show. We'll be back next week. And uh, yeah, go go find that signed McCarthy book because I'm telling you, it is. The return on your investment on that is going to be tenfold. It already is tenfold. It will be more in the coming years. So, Jacob, you got anything else you'd like to say? I mean we're going to put the Christmas song on as soon as we close out because that's what we do in December. But do you have anything else you want to tack on to the end? No,
1: I don't think so. All right. I'm going to probably do some more. Put some more uh, varnish on my railing. Yeah. Get all huffed up.
0: Yeah. Take some deep breaths. Pick your time. Breathe deep. And uh, <laughs> if I make it to tomorrow,
1: maybe I'll play some more Forspoken or God of War or
0: something. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably why you couldn't remember the title of Shameless. you just all, <laughs> all fumed Could up, dude. Could be. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Thanks for tuning in. Like Hell is Us, Hell Point, and Hell Divers. P.S. P.S. Yes. This is This is awesome.
2: Tis the season in northwestern Pennsylvania. I lost my love for the hundredth time. Snow keeps coming, I'ma lose my mind.